Welcome to the Greenville Smart Podcast. I'm Elaine McNamara, the director of Greenville Smart and the executive director of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. With me, as always, is our producer, Deloy Cole, and executive director of Greenville Smart, Breck Nelson. Good morning, Elaine. Welcome. And we'd like to welcome our special guest today, Greenville City Manager Dave Willey. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. And uh, before we start, Breck and I found some incriminating evidence that we would like to present to you. Good news. Is this indeed, now I, I warn you listeners, this is visual, so we'll, we may have to ask if we could post this. Is this indeed you, sir? Ah, it certainly <laughs> is. Could you tell us what year this would go back to? This would go back to about 1970. Outstanding. And can we use this no, to promote? You <laughs> well, folks, you'll just have to find it for so, yourself. As we describe this, it looks a little bit like Weird Al Yankovic and maybe a Tom Selleck with the mustache. Maybe, maybe. a little Tom Selleck, yeah. Well, it, Tom Selleck has a whole lot more mustache than I did at the time. Um, I think it was designed to look like the Mod Squad. Oh, I think uh, so. Okay, you, you two are probably both too young oh, to remember that no, show. No, I remember Peggy Lipton, Mod Squad. You yeah. got it. Oh, mm-hmm. That's the show. Yep. I think that I think you nailed it. You nailed it in that look. <laughs> it's really cool. So, folks, you'll just have to search for this photo on your own. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> It'll be we, a little treasure hunt. We found hunt. it. <laughs> wow, that's very frightening. But we were guided toward yes, it, so oh, I must say. Okay. We, Good. Had help. we had so, help. So we got that out of the way. All right. We'd like to just loosen up our, our guests a little bit Did there. I see a little bit of blushing going uh, on there? Uh, maybe. <laughs> we should have caught the picture right now. Yeah. It, it is what it is. <laughs> it you is know? It's, it's, the, it's the old adage that says, don't say or do anything in this age that you don't think people can find on the web. That's right, because it will come back to haunt oh, you. You bet it will. It was a good laugh. Well, welcome once again. Um, first of all, we'd just like to uh, start off with uh, how you came to settle in Greenville and and come to be the city manager of our town. Okay, well, those are two entirely different stories, okay. but um, the the way I got to Greenville was we were looking for some recreation property and we wanted it to be on a lake and we found the property that we live on today. Um, it was in the Sunday Post uh, back in the day and uh, came and, and looked at it and bought it that day. Oh, wow. Um, it was, it met all of the criteria we were looking for, and uh, we had a, uh, we have a large family, and uh, so it was a, a place to go and have some fun with the kids uh, that was within an hour's drive of St. Louis, and that was really the, the killer piece of this, was that it, it needed to be lakefront, wow. and it needed to be within an hour of St. Louis, and uh, that way you can come for the day and go home, which is what we often did. Right. You found uh, the beautiful Governor Bond Lake. We did. Exciting. And it was very exciting. We felt very lucky and still feel very lucky. We we have a, a, a big piece of property that sits on the lake, and it's nice. Uh, a nice, quiet lake, and, and it's just been a great place. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, for especially for a family. Mm-hmm. Come out there and enjoy your weekends. But what led you to eventually bring your whole world to Greenville? <laughs> well, I retired from Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and uh, we were in St. Louis at the time, still living there. 
Um, as retirement started to march on, it became evident that I really didn't need to be in St. Louis. I liked it at the lake. Um, so eventually we, uh, I guess in 2000 and in the year 2000, we built the movie theater in town and opened that. And then in, 2000, in January of 2002, uh, we completed a house and, uh, on the property we had and, and moved into the house. Wow. And so, okay, so you're in Greenville. They're looking for a city manager. Not yet. Not yet? Not at no. that point. What happened in between? Well, they had, they had a, a, a long list of city managers. Uh-huh. Uh, Larry Stover was the city manager when, um, when uh, I first came to Greenville. He was here for a long time, I think about 12 years. Uh, then there was another guy, Mark Cundiff, and there was another guy after him, Jim Stevens. Um, during the Cundiff-Stevens years, um, I ran the theater and uh, kind of got to know a lot of people in the community because lots of people were coming to the show and it was a good time. Um, one night, the mayor indicated to me that um, the city manager had resigned and given relatively short notice. And we just were talking and I said, what do you, you know, how do you find a city manager and what do you do to fill that vacancy? He explained that they hire a, a search firm and that it takes about 90 or 120 days to complete the process. Wow. And I really was simply being polite and said, well, if there's anything I can do to help out while you look for your new city manager, I'd be happy to help. That's all you needed to say. And that was the end of the conversation. (laughs) And actually, the mayor walked into the theater and watched a movie, and that was kind of the end of it. A couple of days later, I got a phone call, um, and the city council wanted to know a little bit more about me and my background and uh, whether or not I would do an interim deal while they found their new city manager. And so we agreed to that. And... Uh, that was when the fun began, I guess. Um, there were a couple of guys on the city council at the time that said, would you be willing to do this any longer than, you know, 90 days or six months or however long it was going to take? And I said, oh, gosh, I, um, I really don't, I've never worked for government. I don't know how that differs from what I had done in the past. Um, I, I really didn't think that I would have an interest in that. And uh, after a little more conversation, one of them said, well, you haven't said no. That's right. And I said, (laughs) okay. He said, how long would it take you to make up your mind? And I said, well, I wouldn't do that for less than 90 days. And pretty much the, the story followed that they did not conduct a search for 90 days. And at the end of 90 days, I agreed to take the position permanently. Oh, well, there you go. They and, figured, why keep looking? And here I am. <laughs> there you are. Um, so it's it's been good. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a learning experience. Um, we've accomplished some things. There are still things to be accomplished. So it's been a good run. Did you ever expect this would be something you'd be doing? No, no never. Not, not in a million years. No. I When I was with Enterprise, um, we did, we located offices all over the country. And so I dealt with city councils from the other side of the table um, regarding zoning and signs and all the things that any retail business deals with. 
Um, and so I, I did have a lot of experience from that side of the table, but I really had virtually no experience on the council side of the table. You just never know. Nope. You never know where the going to lead you, that's for sure. It, it's all about being polite. Oh, uh, well, I'll have to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, well, we're we're talking a lot with all of our guests about the SMART program, of course, because mm-hmm. that's our podcast, Greenville SMART. Can you uh, tell us when you were first approached or, or were, when you were first made aware of this program and what part maybe that you played in the very beginning? Well, early on, I was invited to be on the, the Briner School of Business Advisory Board. And that's really, there was no discussion of SMART at the time. It was the Brainer School of Business. Um, and I enjoyed that. Business was my background, of course, and, and uh, so it was, it was a good thing. Along the way, uh, things came along, and pretty soon we had a project that ultimately was named the SMART Building and the SMART Center and the SMART Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it uh, is all about experiential learning, and and that uh, is very appealing to me. I think it's a, a great way for for the university to go, and I think it it uh, has opportunities to attract both the community and the university and put them a little closer together, which I think it has some really great benefits for all of us. Oh, I think so as well. Um, when um, I mean. What part did you play in, say, the, well, the renovations that Breck has been involved in? Um, well, I, well, through maybe the, through the process, um, Dave was instrumental in, right. in having, helping the city participate in this. You want to maybe explain that portion? Yeah, the, the smart building is located on the east side of the square. There, there is a business next door that I'm, I'm sure everyone here has eaten at. It's called Joe's pizza and pasta. Um, Joe's has had a business problem that related to the second floor of that building because there's no staircase to the second floor that allows for easy access for customers. Um, Joe would really, or Brian, who Mm -hmm. runs Joe's pizza, don't know where Joe came from. I don't know, everybody wants to call him Joe. Um, uh, He he knew the problem and and he and i had talked about ways to put a staircase into his building when we finally got talking about the smart building i had some conversation with people at the university and we ultimately made an arrangement to uh, install an elevator that would serve both buildings Um, that had a couple of different flavors and iterations i guess but in the end um, it will serve both buildings, and, and it'll be a positive for both, both sides of that elevator. Um, and that's, that's really what got the city involved to begin with. The, the financial side of that, um, the, this project and really all of the buildings around the square are in a TIF district, and um, the TIF district allowed us to have some funds that we could dedicate to this problem and, and help solve it um, those those went along to the uh, to the university to help install the elevator and and uh, do some other renovations on the front of the building and then uh, that kind of gets it perkin yeah 
Well, we talked a little bit. We had a, a, a group meeting yesterday, talked a little bit about TIF districts in the TIF district downtown. Um, and maybe you can explain that to some of the, the other businesses in that district, how they could participate in that. What that sort of things, what sort of things does that money go toward? It can go to a whole variety of things. Um, there are several TIF districts in town. This particular TIF district is called the Downtown TIF District, um, even though it extends pretty far out of the the direct downtown area. Um, TIF money is, by design, used to attract and develop things that otherwise would not happen. So, for instance, in, in this case, without the use of TIF funds, it's probably not likely that the same size or uh, es- elevator destinations that are on the on the elevator route at the smart building right. uh, wouldn't probably have existed. So it would only serve one side of one building, right. and because of this, it's going to serve both buildings. That's a perfect um, target for something that is TIF eligible. Um, any expenses that are infrastructure-related or that are um, code-related expenses to meet new codes that didn't exist when a building was built, for instance, um, to do facade upgrades to improve the look and appearance of, a, of the front of the building, um, to do utility upgrades. All of those kinds of things are TIF-eligible expenses. Um, the, uh, that is, is the basis for it. And then you begin to try to figure out how much and, and where it's applied and how that money is, um, is recouped from TIF. Uh, from, it's all real estate tax based. And so there's a whole bunch of pieces and parts to that puzzle. Um, in the case of the smart building, it gets even further complicated because the smart building is owned by a tax-exempt organization. And so, therefore, um, the real estate taxes for that building um, don't go up like they would for a a regular non-tax-exempt organization. Right. You know, so as we develop the smart center, Mm -hmm. of course, it is a large building on the the square. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the university, through the help of the city of Greenville, as well as the EDA and, and some other grants that we've we've acquired, we were able to renovate the building. Although, in my argument is we're, we're off the real estate tax rolls. Mm-hmm. We, we're also bringing in a restaurant under sales tax, and we have other venues there that we oh. will be paying, of course. Oh, the building will absolutely be a huge plus mm-hmm. for the community. It will have restaurant. It will have uh, space for activities. It will have... A, a new, good-looking appearance that it wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, it, there's another piece to this project which no one has really seen any evidence of yet. It'll have a beautiful patio on the front of the building that will encourage activity year-round, really, uh, for people sitting outside um, and just being more present in the downtown space. All of those are, are benefits. The it will also have employment. People will be working right. in that building. Um, so there, there are huge other benefits other than real estate tax. It is, it, it is, uh, it's a, a fallacy 
to think that tax-exempt real estate has no benefit to the community. Um, we have churches all over our community, certainly, that are tax-exempt uh, properties and some of it sitting on very valu valuable real estate. I don't think anybody would make an argument that the churches don't make a contribution make a to the huge community. Huge contribution, yes, um, definitely. So that kind of thing, I, I think it's just a false argument. Oh right. Well, you know, the study that came out this past year about the university and the the economic impact it has on Greenville, um, even though it's it's got that status, it has a huge amount of, of funds. It was, well, the economic uh, impact. Um, of something like the university is gigantic. I think it. it I think it showed about ninety million dollars. Something like that yeah, is the economic impact to the community. That includes all kinds of things: the employees who work there, buy homes in the community, serve on committees in the community, um, attend the churches, deal with basically all the sports teams, right. e everything that goes on in the community is affected by. An institution that brings lots of people, exactly. and and that's exactly what the university does. Yeah. You know, as we as we talk about community, um, the reason I know why the the university wanted to be on the square and not just building a new building on campus is because of the community aspect. We're trying to bridge that gap between the community and the the university by having something on the square where students can be there as well as the local families can come have a some nice food and and maybe perhaps visit, collaborate a little bit on some of the other floor and the works that we're doing there. Um, but we kind of just glanced a little bit over uh, about the outdoor patio area, which I'm super excited about. That's another kind of joint venture between the school and the, and the community there. Um, to have something on our historic square, uh, like many other communities where we can sit outside and, and enjoy the weather. We have a, the front of the building now opens up we can open this big nano wall or a large window that'll open up so we can just walk out easily onto that square. And we um, we did that during the homecoming yeah. where we had the jazz band playing in the square right. and all the activity. There was about as many outside gathered as there was inside. It was sure. really a nice evening. It was it was wonderful. We had, um, we had good response from both uh, alumni that were back in town visiting. They wished that they had had, you know, uh, something along those lines when they were here. And uh, the residents who who have lived here for a while, and I, I talked to one woman, She'd, uh, she was a transplant from New York, actually. She said, this is great. I feel like I'm in a, uh, a music venue in the city, but I'm still in this beautiful small town, and it's bringing the beauty of both to the square, which which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I think I think it does several things. It It, it provides... We had a few benches around the square. This will provide some tables and chairs and, and an ability to just gather right. and have, have gathering space that is just comfortable space where people can sit and enjoy. We have a couple of benches up on the courthouse lawn by the cannonball stacks. Yep. We sort of can use that today, but there's no easy food access there. Um, there it, it will... Um, bring new amenities to the square without really modernizing the appearance of the square. We hope to develop it in a way that um, it will look like it was planted there years ago, and uh, that will will serve both purposes, to, to try to maintain the aesthetic value of the historic buildings we have while still providing amenities that 
people didn't look for back when it was uh, dirt roads and and horses and and yeah. people were hitching their their wagons to a hitching <laughs> post on the square. Um, so things do change, even in Greenville. They do, and and the the thing is, it's it's changed, but it's it's a um, a hats off and a compliment to the past that we do have a beautiful historic square that we want we want to keep that beauty. And, um, and and uncover these treasures like we uncovered the yeah. columns in the yeah. building. And I know that there's more of that in the buildings around the square. And uh, you don't see that in every small town. You don't. Um, not every town has that, like we talked about before, that that area that's like that with all the buildings still mainly intact yes. and uh, mm-hmm. and uncovering these jewels. Like yeah, the, the, the things, the, the architectural features in our buildings um, – the, the cast iron columns that are fluted and look uh, a little a little prettier than a, than a today's I beam looks. Um, those were popular in storefront design back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and that's that's when our square was really developed as you see it today. Um, some of them still have the the brands on them. There's a a very historic brand called Meskers. Uh, Meskers is a, they still manufacture those same things um, and have parts for theirs available, which is shocking after that much time. Um, Some of them are other brands, but I believe the ones at uh, at the Smart Building were actually manufactured in St. Louis. They were made, uh, Christopher Simpson, manufactured right there in St. Louis, a historic foundry. Uh, I found the actual frontage on it in a catalog, and that's what we modeled sure. it off of. So. Sure, um, and and they're very sturdy. I mean, the, yeah. those things have been holding the brick on those buildings up for you know close 100, to a hundred years. Hundred years, hundred and twenty-five years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have the the smart center, which is it's a, it's a huge investment on the square. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you see this helping the community, maybe with further developments, or what you kind of a vision that would wrap around this? Well, anything that's new, um, that's that's new construction, new development, um, new occupants, all of those create momentum. Um, it, the bank just did a, a big remodel at People's Bank mm-hmm. that um, just totally altered the interior of that building to be a, a modern facility while maintaining the exterior of the building to look like it looked when it was built as the Hoyles Bank. Um, their Metzger's furniture has now been redeveloped into a different use. The use is now a church. The, um, the, uh, some of the retail stores around the square um, have changed and have been redeveloped either into restaurants or into service businesses for attorneys, for accountants. Um, there is change going on around the square. The building that, that I developed for the theater um, was a theater from 1929 to 1979, but it wasn't a theater that looked anything like the theater that's there today. But the use now went back to that same use. Um, and it, it's exciting to be able to do those kinds of things and, and attract people downtown. Oh, definitely. And I, I agree. I think it is it's creating a momentum already. We're seeing it. Um, I just A couple of different little shops have popped up uh, in recent months, actually. Mm-hmm. 
and we're hoping that that will spread. We, you know, we plan for our events, and sometimes we use the vacancies uh, as part of those events. Well, this year it's a little more difficult than it was it's last year. A little harder year. to find some uh, yeah. the vacancies you want, right? Yeah. A, a yeah. bigger vacancy. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Yes, and we're hoping that this will branch out into the the rest of the community, not just the square, but. Uh, we uh we've uh, talked about the milk house a little bit before and Marcoot mm-hmm. and maybe you know eventually connecting everything from those locations to the square and what are some um, businesses or I don't know services that you've uh, encountered that people have come to you wanting wanting to have in our town well they of, think well that- of course everybody would like to have a Coles <laughs> and a Target yeah okay um, unfortunately. With our population and the number of homes we have in the community, it's not likely we're going to see either of those develop in our community. Um, Everybody would like to have a second grocer. And although it's not full-service groceries, we do have some specialty grocers already. Uh, Wayne's was developed and initially as a produce market. Today it also has a full-service meat market attached to it. Um, other, Other stores have added food that didn't used to carry food. Dollar General is a, a good example of that. Dollar General's about to redevelop their store, um, which will create a, a vacant space where they exist today. Right. They're planning, their, their agreement is to build a, a brand new store a block and a half south of where they exist today. Um, so, and that new store I know will have a larger food section than their existing store. The store will be about time and a half the size of the existing store. Um, so, so there are all kinds of things. There's a florist coming that two. that will yeah. actually two florists <laughs> coming. You're right. That will add to the the only remaining florist we have. Right. Um, there, uh, our jewelry store has moved from one location to a location right. up on the square. We have a new plants shop. The new the, the new square. plant shop across from Dairy Queen is about to uh, dazzle us with great plants for yes. all of our homes. We have a new clothing store on the square. We do. We uh, we have a couple of new clothing yes. stores on the square. That's true. So so there's activity, um, and sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes right. sometimes it it takes a little getting used to the fact that something has arrived, and it you have to change a habit to go back and, and use it right. for whatever it is that they're selling. We we have many things sold in town that people go out of town to buy. And um, I I sympathize with anyone going out of town to buy things we don't have. Right. If, if we could, if everyone could understand what we do have right. and shop locally for those things, it would improve our whole market. I think you're right. And I think it, some of it just requires conversations. I've had conversations with uh, many of the, the smaller shops um, downtown. And uh, for instance, the jewelry store that we talked mm-hmm. about, Heart to Heart, I have spoken with him before and did not know at first. I mean, I, I, I guess if I paid better attention, I would know that he rents tuxedos. Mm-hmm. Um, they pierce ears there. You know, I didn't know that. So any of you Mothers out there, the daughters or sons or whoever wants to get the whatever they did, they pierce ears at heart to heart and just you know little items like that, little services that may be here that you just don't know that are already here. There's a new nail salon on Second Street. She does fantastic work. We um, we have hidden yeah. we have hidden services 
that people don't um, create a whole lot of fanfare about. And unless word of mouth spreads or or they actually create an ad campaign or something to get mm-hmm. get it going, um, sometimes they get missed. Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty easy to to just not think of every every front door that you drive past. Um, But all of those things, many of those things, uh, are available here. Right. You know, Lane, you got me thinking about that ear piercing and that picture we just saw, Dave. Yeah. I I know, I could see a... (laughs) (laughs) These ears have never been pierced. (laughs) No, they wouldn't have done that back when that picture was taken. (laughs) No, probably. No, no, he's a lot older than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been... uh, I'm sorry, on that note, I just have to say I appreciate you being here with us today. Um, We uh, are looking very forward, as I hope that you are as well. I know you are, um, to see what's going to come out of all of this once the Smart Center opens. Well, and again, that that won't happen by itself. No, it won't. Um, Just just finishing the building. No, it won't happen by itself. Won't cause the Smart Center to be as successful as it is possible to be. Right. Um, it will take community interest. It will take university interest. It will take the city's interest sure. to encourage people to use the services that are there. There there will be some new services there that don't exist for us right. today. The incubator spaces that are up on the second floor of that building um, will allow businesses to get underway in a in a much easier fashion than trying to do it all on their own, um, and so those spaces will be useful. We're we're looking at acquiring another another building the city is looking at that could become uh, more of a a manufacturing training area, um, oh, and that that requires a different type of building and mm-hmm. and different sorts of things, but it's. It's that kind of stuff that should allow us to um, to take some steps forward and to involve the local community. Again, we have to have if we expect our community to grow, we need to have things to do. We need right. to have places to eat. We need to have um, young people interested in staying here. Um, it's pretty easy to get old retired guys to, to live here um, because our our interests are such that it, it works. Younger people have a different set of standards that they judge communities by. Right. And we need to really look at that set of standards to see if we can uh, conform to those and, and become a destination for those people. Right. We hear that quite a bit um, when we're out on the street and talking to uh, the community and the college students, because we, we do talk to a lot of the college mm-hmm. students. They are there looking for something to do. We don't want to send our young people over to St. Louis anytime they want to do something. We want to keep them here, and we want them to raise their families here. So, St. Louis is great yeah. um, for whatever whatever it has to offer, and, and I'm a St. Louisan most of my life, um, but, but I... The, I didn't. I wasn't sentenced to live in Greenville. No, um, this this was a choice, and and I really believe it was a good choice on our part. Our family has enjoyed it. Our kids have enjoyed it. Um, it's been a, a really good thing. So I, 
I don't have any plans to go anywhere. That's outstanding. <laughs> and I think uh, Breck and I are here for a while. Oh, yeah. And uh, Deloy, I can't speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be here for a while. Oh, yeah. Two homes. <laughs> <laughs> Two homes. Got you're you're not going anywhere. No. And we hope that if you if you have if you hear this podcast and you haven't been to Greenville, then you need to come visit us, see what it has to offer, see a possibility for yourself. Much like when we give tours of the Smart Center, uh, we take people through who initially they walk through the door thinking, oh, okay, it's neat, but what's it all about? By the end of the tour, they've got ideas for themselves when it comes to uh, the Smart Initiative, and hopefully. That's the what you'll have when you come to Greenville. You'll see an idea for yourself. You know, Greenville's slogan is is arms wide open. Mm-hmm. And I believe right now with the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit of the community, of the university, and, and the, the city, uh, it, there's great opportunities here. Uh, and I would invite them to come and look and, yeah. and talk to us because uh, um, I see several myself. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, Breck has got, yeah. he's got ideas. Like every time he rounds a corner from somewhere, he's, all right, we can put this there and that there. But Breck can't do it all himself. No. <laughs> His wife will kill, kill him if he does. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, get out here. I mean, the opportunities, like we said, they're here. And um, there are the resources and there are people here to help you um, mm-hmm. make some dreams come true when it comes to starting a business. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again, Dave, for being here. My pleasure. I appreciate it. And we'll have you back if you don't mind. And we'll see what other pictures we can dig up first. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And Deloitte, thanks as always for being our producer. And we couldn't do this without Deloitte Cole. Breck, thank you for joining me once again. You bet. Because you always have the best questions. I'm just just here. Uh, And thank you all for listening. And you can, of course, uh, tune in. Probably next week we may have a new one up. We'll just have to wait and see. We are the Greenville Smart Podcast. Uh, I am Elaine. Uh, Thank you again. Greenville Smart Podcast is brought to you by Greenville University, the Greenville Chamber of Commerce, and the city of Greenville, Illinois. the Globe? And the Globe Theater, of course. Absolutely. Come see a movie. (laughs) Come see the Globe Theater. Uh, Three movies all the time. All the time. All the time. What's playing right now? Oh, right now we have Midway, we have uh, Last Christmas, and golly. I should know this, I'm, too. I'm, <laughs> I am, I'm at a oh, loss. Okay. Log, on to, log on to globetheater.com. Yes. There you, you go. go. You can find out there. <laughs> Until next time, thank you. Thank you.